Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. I didn't know that. I didn't either. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. Interesting. Mm. That's why you need Robert Half. Yep. I don't think that's a person. That's the company. Okay, I was confused. Yeah, their specialized recruiting professionals engage with their proprietary AI. Welcome to connect businesses (laughs) of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. See, at Robert Half, they know talent. I wish I had had Robert half back in the day oh, when I was hiring. Okay. So, no offense, Sona. Oh, it, it, I feel like you did mean to offend me. Yes, you wouldn't be here if I had had Robert Half. Okay. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Hi, my name is Paul F. Tompkins. And I feel cautiously optimistic about being Conan O'Brien's friend. I think you're right to be cautious. You never know when I could snap. Am I right to be optimistic? No. (laughs) (laughs) Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hello there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast for all people everywhere. Hmm. If you enjoy humanity, you'll enjoy our podcast. Always trying out for Wait, what? Slogan. I'm so sorry. What? To enjoy humanity? It's to enjoy Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Yeah. Don't you mean like you listen to this podcast and then you go, oh, the humanity. <laughs> like okay. the Hindenburg. That's, yes, yes. That's, that's a great, <laughs> like the Hindenburg? That's a great reference for the kids. <laughs> kids love a good... Hindenburg, a good yeah. Lakehurst, New Jersey explosion joke. Um, <laughs> no, I, I do think uh, I, I aim, uh, you know, for this to be a, a podcast for the people, people oh. everywhere. We That's are not, nice. this is not a niche podcast. Uh, there's no velvet rope up here. We are here to allow anyone who wants joy and laughter, uh, they're welcome. Oh, you know? That's nice. Yeah. As long as you listen to the advertisers <laughs> and buy those products. <laughs> Oh, God. You're welcome to our very friendly little club. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, Matt Gorley, good to see you. Hi. Um, oh, shit, I mean. Hi. Yeah, okay, take it easy. <laughs> last time you got on me about sounding weird or creepy. That yeah, yeah, yeah. second high was still a little yeah, weird. And, and Sona, how are you? Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm okay. Okay, just a simple fine is good. Oh, okay. I didn't. <laughs> you know what? You you were very just like. You, you know, know what? I really think about it. You know, it uh, sounded like you actually 
cared. Yeah. No, no, I know. I'm an actor. Oh. Uh, oh. Taking a lot of training. <laughs> it threw me off. It sounded like you were being sincere. And I'm like, wait, is this a real moment? Uh-huh. And yeah. it was not. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited that we're here. We're doing a podcast. We're together. I get a good energy from you guys. And when I say that, I mean... I maintain my own energy despite you. Oh. oh, I think you mean like you're a vampire sucking energy from us to exist, right? Yeah. Uh, no, okay. that would not be a lot of energy. That would be uh. not a lot of nutrition in there. Uh. I'm trying to think of what we, uh, what are we going to talk about today? Uh. I don't really have, I've got nothing going right now in my mind. Oh, no. Uh, no. Well, we could uh, just, we could, we could sit comfortably in silence. I think that will work. I don't, I hate that so much. In fact, before we start, yeah. who will be the first to break the silence? Right, it would be me. Well, let's see. It'll be let's me. Why? Now, are you uncomfortable with the silence? It's not, I'm not uncomfortable with silence. I'm just like, I don't know. I just, when, I, when I'm when i told to be silent, that's when I can't oh, be silent. You know what's interesting? I do know this about Sona. Over the years, when I've asked her to tone it down, she gets crazy. And she really gets- Okay. No, no, you do. She gets very like wide-eyed and like, what, what? Don't you tell me to lower my voice. And literally we'll be in a situation where, you know, we could be in a room with someone and they're operating like on a child's eye. And I'm like, Sonia, you gotta keep it down a little bit. She's like, I don't have to keep it down. And the You're, surgeon's like, you, oops, blind for life, little no, boy. Come on, hold on. Every time Slip you the retell scalpel. a story, you make yourself sound so rational and so calm and so collected, but you're never that way. You are, oh, you're always like, a master impressionist. Master impressionist. Son of obsession. <laughs> All right, everybody. Guess this celebrity. <laughs> I don't know. Who Louis is that? Armstrong. Yeah. Louis <laughs> Armstrong. You. You get no. Me, Matt. No, you, you do not like anyone to suggest that maybe you could be a little quieter. And it's not, and it's not even part of a I will speak and my voice will be heard. It's, it, you know, you will not mansplain to me or be make me be silent. It's not that. Anyone could tell you in a very appropriate situation where you need to be a little more quiet, like, you know, we're trying to escape and <laughs> our guards are asleep right there. So let's get by. And you'll start to probably say something like, you know what? It would be really good yeah. if we could go to one of those restaurants where they have a tray and you get as much as you want, oh like a sizzler. Yes. And I'd say, and I'd say like, so can you just <laughs> really want to go to sizzler. We're trying to keep it down a little bit because our captors are right there and they're starting to wake up. Don't you tell me. Uh, no, I have to say this narrative. I mean, you're pretty loud too. Yeah, you boss. are. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But you're, you are, he is right, though. If you like right now, you're saying we should be quiet yeah. because you said that I won't be well, able to. Let's try this. Okay? OK, so now I'm going to write on this paper <clears throat> 300,000 Bitcoin. OK, okay. and what? whoever stays quiet, the lastest. <laughs> OK. <laughs> wow. You know what? You are right. It's These segments really are better when we give them no thought beforehand. <laughs> What do you mean? I've been planning this for ages. All right. Okay. So you want us to be silent for as long as possible. Can, yeah. I on a podcast. Well, on let's a podcast. see. Okay. Let's all see. right. All right. And Perfect three, podcast. two, one. Someone shut up. I, I, I can't I just even make sound. Because you spoke second. I can't no, make sound. No, $300,000 Bitcoin. <laughs> no, I was, no, I thought it was whoever spoke first and blew it. It was the longest. I said the lastest to speak. Oh, lastest to speak. Well, <sighs> Okay. Look how competitive you just got, by the way. You got so angry. Well, I didn't know I couldn't make like noises. That's, you wanted me yeah, silence. complete no, silence. Okay. We tried it. It failed miserably. Okay. And I'm rich. Can we try it again? Sure. 
just great podcasting. Okay, I'm upping it to 310,000 Bitcoin. Okay, three, two, one. I can't do it. What's wrong with you? Seriously. I win. 610,000 Bitcoin. No, okay, that's fine. Matt, you can have, I don't care about being second. I just didn't want to be the first one to talk. Well, this is, I found That's weird that you can't do it. No, 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 no. It's, I can, I can. No, but what about uh, like when you're twins or asleep? That's Are you able to be quiet? Why is that different? Because nobody tells me to be quiet. I just your husband Tack Tack never says, "Hey, could you keep it down a little bit?" Honey? No, no, he knows. He knows better. <laughs> he knows better. <laughs> if you t- if you say be quiet, I can't be like if someone tells right. you if someone sit asks still, you, Conan, you you move. I remembered once asking you to do something for me, and you said, "If you ask me to do something, I can't do it." And I said, "You're my assistant." Yeah. <laughs> It was the most, it was a, it's a hilarious exchange. You yeah. said, I have a problem sometimes when he, this is when we were talking to someone who, um, you know, was trying to be like a couples counselor with us. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, and how we could work better in the office. And you said, I just have a problem when he asks me to do things. <laughs> you know, You're my assistant. True. I know, but I'm being honest and I've never pretended not to do that. Okay. All uh, right. Here's well, the rap yeah. sign. And also, I just want to put this up. Yeah, yeah. Too. Well, I don't even know how do you get that. I don't know. Who's going to give it I'm, to you? I don't know anything about <laughs> cryptocurrency, but I know it's coming my way. Okay. I go to a server and there's a blockchain and a man in a dark suit hands it to me. Hands it to me? <laughs> not sends it or It's not important. <laughs> I'm plowing ahead. Okay. <laughs> my guest today is a very funny comedian, actor, and writer. He voiced Mr. Peanut Butter on the Netflix series BoJack Horseman and has been a staple in the podcast world on shows like Comedy Bang Bang, Super Ego, and Spontaneation. He also has a live variety show, Variatopia, with Paul F. Tompkins. I'm very excited he's with us today. Paul F. Tompkins, welcome. Uh, I want to say I was immediately uh, disappointed when you walked in today yes. because- I'm Well, gonna... you've said that to me every time. You've... <laughs> uh, I've known you a long time. You were a beloved uh, comedic figure and uh, a very talented fellow. And I swear to God, you walked in and you were carrying this nice leather box that opens up uh, with a little hinge on it. And I know that you're a fan of old time, old timey things, sure. so clothes, <laughs> uh, various vintage uh, items. And I knew, oh my God, he's brought me, he's brought me like a watch from 1920, or he's bought me some really cool cufflinks uh, that are worth easily 800 to $1,000. <laughs> and I was excited. Mm-hmm. And then you sat down and you started to open the box. And I thought, that's weird that he's not letting me open it. And then you took out your own custom uh, earbuds. That's right. <laughs> and I'm still looking at the box and I'm convinced there may still be a gift in there for me. Should I put that box on the floor, honey? Is it distracting? <laughs> I swear. You think there's there's still something in there for you? I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Paul, just pop the question. <laughs> We've been going together for six years and this is our anniversary. Please. And then you, you pull this shit. Uh, that was such a fake out. Um, but of course you- such a fake out. I'm sorry. Well, no, it was not. It was. Anytime I see anybody, <laughs> oh, you know, it's so funny. Well, anytime I see anybody holding any kind of container, 
Wait, someone can walk in with just a plastic container and I think, I'm getting my vintage watch now. Right. You should get an MRI. <laughs> <laughs> and never go to the container store. Oh my God, never go to the container store. Oh, I, I mean, I well, see- Well, those are all see-through though, so that's not bad. I see hobos walking down the street with, with satchels. Uh, and I think, here I go. He's mm. about to give me a watch. Right. Clearly, something's wrong with me. He's evading the railroad bulls. Uh, <laughs> he's barely had time to pick up his bindle. <laughs> Thank you for knowing bindle. And of course you know bindle. We have a lot to talk about because uh, I, I I do love you, sir. You And, and no one trades in old-timey foolishness <laughs> like Mr. Why well, I'm going to like to call you PFT. Oh, okay. You know? sure. Well, may I say, from a deli owner, that's a rave. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to be in a room with someone who understands that reference. I know. Thank you. Uh, but no, it's it's uh, it's true. Uh, and good lord, we've been messing around uh, with. I think this is called a podcast. We don't know what this is. It's really probably doesn't earn the title, but. You've mastered this form uh, such a long time ago. And alongside my companion, Matt Gorley, mm-hmm. uh, you did uh, the beloved Super Ego. And you've done so much great work in this space. So it's nice to Thank have you, you here. And I hope that, uh, you know, feel free to point out what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> like maybe starting the whole interview with the mistaken belief <laughs> that I should have been given a gift. Something you could have easily not said on mic. <laughs> Like no one needed to know that you I thought. Think, I think people need to know that about me. I think it's important. They need it. Yeah. I see EMT workers jumping off of a helicopter with uh, with some with a container that looks like it's packed with ice, <laughs> and it's got a lung in it right. for a transplant mm-hmm. for a boy who needs a new lung. Mm-hmm. And I always get in their way and assume. It's a vintage watch for me. <laughs> so it's, most Still, of the time, you think it's a vintage watch. I always think it's a vintage watch, right. even when for there's. Sure, you're headed towards champagne. No, <laughs> even when what I'm telling this you is this guy's getting me a cold watch. <laughs> <laughs> the ice is to throw me off the track. It's the a ice mess. is to make me think. <laughs> um, I'm thinking back to when I first had you on the show, the late night show. I think it was 1997. I believe that is correct. Again, we're the perfect person for us because your style of comedy fit our our quirky show uh, hand in glove. <laughs> and uh, you were always a very popular guest. And I, I will tell you that- That, that can't be true. <laughs> no, it is. You, know, you mean with the staff? Well, yeah. I t- Today, oh my God, viewers outraged, because, angered. Yeah. Well, I, but li- listen, I'm thrilled to be today breaking the glass floor of your show <laughs> and being responsible for this being the most least listened to episode. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Trust me, that can't happen. Um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. We had totally- Nova Borgnine's lawyer as a guest on the show. Now, if you don't know, this is Ernest Borgnine's wife, Ernest Borgnine's widow, uh, his lawyer. And I said, stay stay tuned next week. Uh, Tova Borgnine's lawyer will be here. And it's a real estate lawyer, not even a lawyer who deals with anything that interesting. Conan, I've got bad news. That episode's doing incredibly well. I hear it. It just completely destroyed. I want to listen to it right now. (laughs) It destroyed the Bo and Yang podcast in the numbers. Um, No, but you came on the show and I believe that was your first time on a late night show? 100%. I was thrilled and excited and scared and- um, it was, uh, everyone was so nice to me. It, it, from my memory, it went well. I haven't watched the tape in quite a while, but, um, I was, 
It was it was a huge milestone for me. I think subsequently you brought family to come see you perform on the show. <laughs> yes, I, is this true? Yes. I think the second appearance- I would never have the guts to do that. I never liked having any family. I really- Oh, it's the worst. I, it, 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 <laughs> and people think, oh, that couldn't add pressure because you're on national television. Yeah. I can't explain it to you, but when I knew that I had family or relatives in the audience- it bothered me. For sure. Because it felt like more pressure, which it shouldn't, because they can watch it at home. Yeah. So what's the difference? You're not there. Uh. You're not in the same room. It's I've had that same exact feeling if I've if I've performed at a club or uh this is the only time my family came to see a TV appearance of mine because they live in Philadelphia. It was it was close enough. Um it just something you become hyper aware of them and only them. You are picturing yourself through their eyes. Yes. And remembering everything they've ever said, or more importantly, not said about your career <laughs> over the years. And that night that night, I think that was my second time on your show. And we went out to dinner afterwards. Mm -hmm. I Treated everyone to dinner mm -hmm. because I thought this is a, you know I'm just on TV. This is, and I can it's afford the thing to do you this. do. This is a cool yeah. thing. You just they just saw you get laughs on national television. Now I'm taking you all out to dinner. It's, yes, yes. This is you double down on the big shot thing of it all. The yeah. dinner seemed to be the thing everyone remembered the most. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. There was a lot of talk about what happened before, uh, <laughs> but there there was later. There were anecdotes about the dinner for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of talk at the dinner about, can we get another basket of bread? <laughs> this one's gone. And I said, you can. Yeah, <laughs> It's you can. New York. You can do whatever you want. And you'd say, did you, so what did you think? I, I seem to do pretty well with the crowd tonight. And they would say, about the bread, can we get two baskets at the same time? Because it's a long table. So there's one for each end. <laughs> My mother's review, I believe, which is her standard review since I started doing plays in high school was, you talk too fast. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that is it absolutely true. Uh, a, a beloved uncle of mine. A beluncle. Um, a a beluncle. Thank you. <laughs> a beluncle, which I had a beluncle and I had it removed. Uh, <laughs> it was got, abscessed. When, once you hit 40, you got it. You got to be careful get, about those things. You have to get the beluncle removed. Yes. But a beloved uncle who was a lawyer in central Massachusetts, five years, five years into my run on late night television, so this would be a year after your first appearance. Mm -hmm. I started in 93. This would be 1998. He took me aside and the show was doing well by then. Yes. You know, we had a rocky start, but uh, by 98, it's doing well. He pulled me aside and tried to talk me into going to law school. Oh, and I'm my not God. kidding. I'm not kidding. And he said, I know you enjoy this TV thing you do, but he said, but as a trial lawyer, you can be the director, the writer, and the star. Yes, he said all this to me. And I'm like, did you, I'm on the cover of this magazine, look. He's like, eh. You know, that comes and goes, you know, a lawyer, that's the life for you. <laughs> so that's a, so that's a true thing. I know that you've probably had, that sounds like you absolutely. have the same kind of family. My, yes, my uh, mother, this was, I, I want to say this was probably maybe even the same year or no, it would have been earlier. It would have been earlier, I think. Probably 90, no, it might've been 97 or something. I came home for Thanksgiving and this is after I worked on, uh, this was probably my last year at Mr. Show mm -hmm. on HBO. Right. I think it was the year after the first Emmy nomination that we got, mm -hmm. went over Thanksgiving, sitting around the table. My mother said, um, you know, your uncle, uh, 
could teach you how to tune pianos. <laughs> and I honestly didn't know why she was saying it. It didn't register. Right. And I was like, why? And she said, well, so you have something to fall back on. Yes, fall back on. It's like, what? No. Yeah. yeah. What, what more do you need to see? Yeah. Yeah. This has gone by every measure. Yeah. This is going quite well. Against all odds. Against all I'm odds, whatever you living. thought. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I love that. And I think show business for so long was illegitimate. Mm-hmm. So show business was scandalous. And so it was, I, I could kind of understand why my beloved uncle, my Beluncle, Beluncle uh, <laughs> would would pull me aside and say, "Look, I know you're having fun, but we all know that you'll be dead in two years if you keep doing that, <laughs> yeah. because you'll be on those red bennies and blue poppers, <laughs> smoking <laughs> jazz cigarettes. You'll be smoking jazz cigarettes." <laughs> I actually had a different uncle come visit me at Saturday Night Live, and he saw. G.E. Smith playing with the band. And afterwards he said, that guy there with the with the guitar. And he said, tell me that guy doesn't have a jazz cigarette shoved down his bootleg. Oh. <laughs> his bootleg. Tell me he doesn't have a jazz cigarette shoved down his bootleg. They all talk like Jimmy Cagney. Hey, come here. What do you hear? What do you say? Tell me that guy doesn't have a jazz cigarette shoved down his bootleg. Anyway, I'll tell you, Conan, we gotta get you out of this mess. The well, law's for you, pal. When I would think about it, I would think, I would always try to say, this is, this is so outside their experience right. that, of course, for them, they're they're very fearful for you and and so on yes. and so forth. But the thing that's always that always was so odd to me was, can't you see that I'm enjoying my life? Like right. that I'm I'm paying my rent, I am eating every day, and I'm I'm having a good time. Like right. Right. this, wouldn't this be something that you want for your child? I think it's um, yeah. There's a well. Let's take it back because I am a product of the uh, Boston suburbs. And so I, I knew nothing about show business and I didn't know anybody who knew anything about show business. And and as I've said, our only experience with show business was that Robert Urich shot Spencer for Hire uh, in the Boston area. <laughs> and occasionally someone would see Robert Urich. <laughs> and that was as close to show business as I thought I would ever get. Right. And I remember once being at Saturday Night Live when they aired the episode where Robert Urich is running through my high school. And I was the <laughs> asshole who's standing right by the TV going, you can't get from A-wing right to oh, the gym. Oh, 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 Guys, oh, 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 they totally, you can't. You can't. And they'd be like, well, shut the fuck up. Who cares? And I'd be like, but you don't see what they did. They had him run out of the computer center. And then suddenly he's in the cafeteria. I don't think so. I hope you submitted that to Goofs and Gaffs on IMDb. <laughs> I was that guy. Um, anyway, I was uh, roundly beaten with sticks until I shut up. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got a 
haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. I gotta say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And oh. for good reason. It's an absolute hit! Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever, okay? Okay. But lately I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do partner events where you can build on each other's boards and crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for, or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts and, or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less Filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it, it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. You, sir, are from the Philadelphia area? Yes. I could be wrong, but I've always thought, man, Philly's a rough town. That's, it can be, yeah. It, I mean, Boston is too, but if they don't think you're funny in Boston, 
um, they let you know verbally. In Philadelphia, if they don't think you're funny, they throw a battery at you. Oh, that's that's <laughs> just, heavy that's, battery. That is just Santa Claus. Please tell that story. Please tell that story. It's a while. Let me see if I remember all the details. It was, there was like, it was a, it was an Eagles game yep. where there's, it's snowing during the game. Mm-hmm. There's a guy in the stands dressed as Santa Claus. He was not supposed to be a part of anything. Right. They had to stall for some reason. I forget what it was, maybe to, to clear the field or something sure. like that. And they see this guy and they're like, hey, would you- Would you come out would here? Would you come out on the field and wave to everybody? To cheer people up to, a little bit. Yes. And there'll be some kids in the stands yeah. that'll make them excited to see yeah, Santa yeah, yeah. Claus. Well, <laughs> people were not excited to be, oh. see Santa Claus. They were- People were drinking. I mean, uh, beer is an all-weather drink. Sure. And um, people started throwing <laughs> snowballs and batteries. Batteries. At Santa Claus. Batteries. Now this- why, why do they have batteries? Well, first of all- do you listen to the game on your portable radio? Oh, yes. You, yes. <laughs> they throw the full radio. And also- Well, to, radios are more expensive To be fair, it was battery day. And then yeah. the second time they tried it- <laughs> It was nickel battery it, day. It was nickel battery day where they- give, and, and then t- to be fair, the next time they tried a Santa, um, it, was, uh, it was rock day. And they gave everybody a rock in the stands to oh, play with. Jeez. Stay uh, away from grenade day. Yeah. Uh, Ninja star day was not a fun time for anybody, but no, that was always the, the word on, on Philly was um, they'll kill you. And, and, and this is the thing I find so interesting, Paul, is that there are certain places where very uh, intelligent and creative comedy can flourish. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of San Francisco. Absolutely. San Francisco is this wonderfully warm terrarium where people, comedians are encouraged. Mm-hmm. Dana Carvey, I think, had a wonderful time and he could, he grew in that environment and he could, uh, you know, he could, he could try out all these strange ideas mm-hmm. and he could sing about broccoli and the crowd would <laughs> love it, yeah. you know? And then famously, this didn't happen to Dana, but there are a lot of acts that flourish in that wonderful warm terrarium. And they say, God, this is, I'm so good and I'm killing with my Mr. Magudagaga Gaga character. And then they go to Boston and they're murdered. Yeah. And I don't mean, I mean, they're they're murdered. They become murder victims. And And then I think in Philly, it's even worse because if you go there and you're you've you've got some great left brain really cool alternative comedy that you want to try out mm-hmm. they bring batteries for sure <laughs> if they don't yeah <laughs> so you must have started you you started in a hostile environment i did and that's why i i, I would i was the first comedian to wear a bandolier of batteries to throw back at the audience <laughs> no one had ever thought to do this before and if i sensed people were getting Restless, I'd uh-huh. like reach for a D. Yeah. Like, do you want some of this? You want a D? Yeah. <laughs> or are we yeah. gonna listen? You want to see? You, you want to see that? Well, I'm gonna put your tongue on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's the nine volt. Excuse me. Yeah. It's been so long. It's been so long. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Philly was a place where you really had to, you had to, uh, you had to to really be on your game, and you had to, you had to like be very, be, be very good at monitoring the 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 room, right? Um, and uh, sense when. Uh, they were getting tired, which, which in my case just meant I would talk faster. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that would be, that would be a way to engage them more. Right. Um, Wait, is this what your mom was talking about? Exactly. 
Oh my God. This is what she saw. <laughs> this is. She saw. I didn't expect the, the tears to come so soon in the episode. <laughs> How many batteries does she have? <laughs> she was buried with her batteries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was her wish. So, um, you know, this can go two ways. I've seen this, uh, I've or I've noticed this, where there are comedians that grow up. I almost, I, I sometimes think of them as um, those fish that learn to live at the bottom of a very polluted river. Right. You don't want to eat that fish, yeah. you know? They survive, mm-hmm. but they've got one eye <laughs> and no mouth. Yeah. And they've they've adapted and and there've been times where uh, over the years we would have uh, a you know, a comedian on who had done very well in clubs in really tough mm-hmm. cities over a long period of time. Yeah. And they would come on the late night show. And I'd say, you know, here they are. And I'm not going to name names, but I'd say, here they are, you know, all the way, you know, they're from from, from Braintree, Burlington, Brockton. <laughs> and this a comedian would come shooting out from behind the curtain and he'd just start kind of yelling at the yes, crowd. Yes, And acting like, I'm going to get you before you get me. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, you could tell they were just <clears throat> tough. Like this is someone who who uh, had like that fish at the bottom of the Hudson River Mm -hmm. had just learned, I can live off, I can eat old boots that have sunk to the bottom. (laughs) I can, and this, and they would come out and they would, the crowd would be like, uh, if it was our crowd, college age, young people Mm -hmm. that were excited to hear some cool new stuff. And suddenly (laughs) this person would come out with facial scars because they had (laughs) glasses thrown at them. And they would frighten these people. And I would think, okay, that would be, that growing up in a tough environment, it has definite pros, but then there are problems as well. It can sure. it can break some people, or it can make them change their style of comedy, where yeah. they're constantly they're overly calloused. Yeah, but yeah, I I I was I was so shielded all the time. It took me a lot. It took moving out here really to to kind of let that. So drop when a do you move bit. out here? Nineteen ninety four. Okay, yeah. you come out here in ninety four. Where do you where do you do your stand up? I don't do stand-up. I did a, a few clubs when I first uh, got here. I got hooked up with somebody who took me to open for them on a few gigs and like just just the worst, like weird towns in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy was kind of a weird sociopath. And uh, we were in a car together for days. Um, he wouldn't let me roll down the window uh, because it uh, it created wind resistance, but he also didn't want to turn on the air conditioning because um, that uses up power. Oh. Um, and he, I, I remember, I was. Oh. Did he put a sail on top of his car to capture some? Oh. <laughs> like, this guy is so obsessed with. I remember he had a big fan on the trunk. <laughs> I, I've seen that work on a Wiley e. Coyote cartoon. That's right. You can have a fan. <laughs> I still don't understand. I'm supposed to be a smart person. I don't understand why you can't put a, an electric fan uh, on a sail mm-hmm. and 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 power a vehicle, and that that would not be a perpetual motion machine. Exactly. <laughs> it just you just have to get a big enough fan. That's Ex- all it is. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, Thank not you. the fan from your dumb bedroom. That's not going to work. Right. Right. Idiot. Uh, I'm so glad a real scientist is here to back me up. So you come out here, but I would think that you would have to find, um, you know, because at some point you find improv. Yes. And and to me. I was very interested in performing and did some, you know, 
like wrote out jokes and did some stand up when I was in college. And then I remembered someone saying to me, if you thought about improv, mm-hmm. and the only improv I knew of was Second City in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what I was doing. So I wrote a letter to whoever was running Second City at the time and said, you know, it was like, dear sir, you know, I'm completing my residency at the Harvard Lampoon and I'd like to be considered for this improvisational troupe at Second City. And of course I got a form letter back saying, uh, it was a form letter that said, fuck you, Conan. Why why are you talking like that? (laughs) I was was shocked. I come to you in a state of wanting. I have no friends uh, in your fair city. I will need lodging and uh, I will need a hat filled with beans. I wish I had had gotten into it sooner. I'd done stand-up for eight years in Philly and was like slowly moving up the the ladder. And I was like, I feel like I have to start at at the very beginning again. And I didn't want to do that. I got a day job, tried to figure it out. And, and then I heard from a, a comic that I knew, a guy named Jeff Hatz, who was a Baltimore comic that I knew from my Philly days, mm-hmm. who was now in LA. And he said, hey, we're doing these, me and some other people are doing these regular shows at a place called the Diamond Club on Hollywood Boulevard. If you want to do one, let me know. You could do like character, sketch, whatever. At the same time, I met somebody um, from Chicago through Adam McKay. Mm-hmm. This this gentleman <laughs> was recently uh, being talked about for some, some celebration he went to on January 6th last year. And um, <laughs> we became okay. a sketch team. <laughs> and so sketch was my entree into LA show business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got hired on Mr. Show. Yep. And then, then I started f- uh, you know, discovering the alternative rooms around LA, which was- the kind of stand-up that I always wanted to do, but I didn't know how to do it. Right. Where it was more conversational. It was more, um, it was, it, there was less of that sort of uh, slick club kind of sheen to it. It was less practiced and studied. It was more like, this is me talking as myself and what I think is funny. Yes. And there is a happy medium. For example, as you know, um, Largo is a magical space mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles. and Only appears once every hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As does everything great. Um, But people, I think, used to love to say, well, LA, there's no culture here. And I think that is so untrue. There's so much happening here. If you're willing to go out and find it and or drive, if you're willing to (laughs) drive for 35 minutes and you're willing to go east, there's amazing shows being done in these cool little theaters. And it's so fun to go there mm-hmm. and um, a little scary, but fun yeah. to play in front of people. Absolutely. I think that LA is an easier, it's a more fun town to live in than it is to visit. Mm-hmm. It's so spread out. And, right. you know, if you're you're waste, you're taking so much time to travel, if you're just here for, you know, a few days or a week or whatever. But when you live here and look, I was, I was, you know, there's a, there's an Eastern thing where you are raised um, sort of uh, uh, obliquely to just despise California for yes. some reason. And well, it's like, uh, no one ever tells you why. Well, Annie Hall, I mean, I mean Woody, <laughs> right, Woody, Woody right. Allen went a long way towards yeah. New York good, LA bad. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, and, and that bore out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's he up to these days? <laughs> oh, I, uh, we'll get to that in the next next edition of the podcast. Um, no, I, I, 
there was nothing, I mean, because I had been steeped in that culture, mm -hmm. when I first moved out to LA, which is in 85, I wasted time doing the whole, no one here reads. Of course. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> they worship the automobile. <laughs> That's their highest form. You know, and, and, you know, I look at that now and I think that was all time wasted. Never mm -hmm. occupy a space and just denigrate it. Unless you've been put into a penitentiary. I, yeah, you know what? If, you, if you're in a penitentiary, yeah. you have the right to wake up every day and say, this place sucked. <laughs> I did the same thing though. I, I, because I, you know, I just was like, I'll move there because I have to. And, you know, for, I felt that way for a couple of years. And I remember coming back from a visit home and it was, it must've been Thanksgiving because they, when I came back, they had put up the decorations on Hollywood Boulevard. And I lived yeah. just off of Hollywood Boulevard. I was in the back of the cab and I was looking at the lights. It was, it was just dusk and the, the lights were coming on. And I realized this is home to me. Like yeah. this is my home now. And I, I was happy to be back and, you know, in a way that I hadn't yet, yet felt. I also think that the Island of Manhattan has it be, it became so expensive to live there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this kind of idea that, well, down there in Greenwich Village, there's this young starving artist who's, you know, no, there isn't. <laughs> not, there's no young a, starving artist. Not in no more. Well, then maybe, uh, okay, Soho. <laughs> no, he's not in Soho either. <laughs> well, then he's in, uh, in Williamsburg. And he's not in Williamsburg. No, he's not. Where do you think, you know, he's- <laughs> Is he maybe in Greenpoint <laughs> by now? Oh, no. no. I mean, anytime you bring up an area in New York City and think, well, I, I don't have much, but maybe I could go to uh, that, that, that really northern part of Queens that, no, <laughs> the cheapest apartment right. there is $8.7 million for just a square foot. Really? What was it? It used to be a giant urinal. <laughs> but a year ago, they put some Art Deco furniture in there, and now it's $8.9 million just to look at it. You can't even own it. The big cake is now a Trader Joe's. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, uh, one of the things that's made me happiest or give me the most what has given me the most satisfaction, I think it's because I come from a large family. I always like there being people around. Absolutely. So today I had the feeling of, oh, I'm really happy that Paul's going to come in and we're just going to be in this room together and screw around. That's always been the part of this that I like the most. Absolutely. Is that, uh, and and I, I sometimes try and, you know, younger people, I'll tell them, I'm telling you, it's uh, most really good sagas, movies are about someone starting out alone, whether it's Robin Hood, and then they find their merry men mm -hmm. along the way. Um, or Star Wars is all about collecting people as you go. Mm -hmm. um, that's how this always felt to me in comedy. That was the fun part. Absolutely. Was, and and I'll go to a party at, you know, my uh, former head writer, Mike Sweeney's house, and I'll see you, mm -hmm. and I'll see Amy Mann, and I'll see all these really funny people who were there, and I think these are some of the funniest people I'm ever going to meet. And they're all in one house. Yeah. And uh, the liquor's free. Yeah. What, what could be <laughs> to me, it is as, as a child of the uh, 70s and 80s. Like when I was a little kid, it was the 70s. And the, the feeling to me is when I would be at the top of the stairs listening to um, a party that yes. my parents were having. Yeah. And just a, saying, man, A sex that's, party. It's, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was implied. You'd hear them. You'd hear the moaning. I'm listening to moaning. Oh, the moaning. Oh come on! The, the, the squelches. Yeah. Um, the sound of peeled latex, and I'm thinking, 
I gotta get down there. <laughs> and now when we go to a sex party at Mike Sweeney's house, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is the dream. We did it. Yeah, you know? no, I many times my parents would tell me, listen, you can't, you're it's it's a sex party mm-hmm. and you're you're eight. So yes. obviously you have to stay upstairs yeah. and you have to watch Lost in Space, but one day you'll have your own sex party. Yes. And God bless no them. listening, but they know listening. <laughs> And I'm picturing people having a sex party and being like, bring it, let him come, let, let Paul come on down. Paul, come on in. Let him sing for come us. Come on in. Yeah. They're all, everyone's there lying there naked in different yeah. and scene and poses. Just, they stop in the mid, stop, mid-orgy. Yeah, and stop mid-orgy and, Paul, sing that. No, oh, Paul, Paul plays the recorder. He, he plays the recorder he's in the fourth grade. Paul, play a recorder. People, so people nice. leaning on one elbow on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, COVID uh, ruined everything. Yeah. Boy, that was great. Will you good night? Say good night to Mrs. Walensky. Good night, Mrs. Walensky. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get back. Sonia, you're there. young. This is the way it was. Is it the way? Oh, this, this is, is just was. normal. Okay. Exactly. Oh, trust me. Everyone, uh, and and it was um, it was the scene, man. And you missed out on it. Aww. But God bless. I wish my parents had a sex party. I missed out. It's not too late. <laughs> it's never too late. Um, I have to ask you that uh, you are a hilarious, uh, hilariously gifted uh, gentleman, but you've always- what always catches the eye first is your attire, <laughs> mm-hmm. your your sartorial splendor. Um, and I, I've said this to you before, but it is the most <laughs> accurate description that I could ever give as I've, I'll encounter you at a party mm-hmm. at, a, uh, at someone's house and- <laughs> You're always not dressed kind of like, you're dressed exactly like John Wilkes Booth. It's not. It is. It's not always. No, this first one. of all, and, and I mean literally someone who has, okay, we need you to recreate the crime exactly. Blam, Six Semper Tyrannus leaps out of the box. You've got the whole, uh, you know, uh, the whole attire. Down all to of the- those things, me jumping from that box, uh, yelling Latin, that was all a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> and you just happened to be, you fleeing on horseback <laughs> and right. evading capture for That's 13 right. days That's was right. all just yeah. coincidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah They're not nothing. related to each other. <laughs> These were things I was doing separately. I get when you add them up, of course that's what it looks like. No, you. it's very impressive. I'm not, I am, I am not making making fun of you, you're, you're, you you can sell it. First of all, you sell it. Thank Your you. Your clothes are fantastic. Thank you. uh, and, and And you'll have like the chain for the, you'll have the mm-hmm. watch fob <laughs> and you'll have the dagger that Booth used to stab General Rathbone yes. who tried to capture Booth uh, before he escaped. Mm-hmm. Um, you have it down, but I, I'm, I'm quite impressed. But where does that all come from? When did you start doing that? I just want, ever since I was a little kid, I loved costumes. Mm-hmm. I loved dressing up when, you know, when, when when, like it was for you when I was a kid, when you would see people on TV, everyone was dressed up, Yes, you know? And that to me was very adult. It was, it was like, that's what I'm striving for is to be a grown, a cool grown up. Yeah. And the older I got, the, 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 the more kind of fun I had with it, yeah. you know, like being, like being a kid again and, and like, I'll wear a frock coat to this Christmas party. Why not? It's Christmas time, you right, know? Right. Um, and I really, I've just always had a love of clothes and, and putting things together in that way um, gives me uh, great joy. A lot of people don't know this, but you'll know this. But um, everybody dressed up in show business, 
they always dressed up in show business. And then when I when I try to explain the impact of Saturday Night Live in when it when it debuts in October of 1975, what it's very hard to explain to people. I think I know what you're going to say. Is that all of the rest of show business, all of the rest of show business, whether it's, you know, Carol Burnett show or Sonny and Cher or the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson or all variety shows, people are decked out, three-piece suits. Um, they're wearing glittery clothes. They're wearing uh, Outfits that only someone who's in entertainment can wear. Mm -hmm. You can't mis you can't walk into a restaurant <laughs> wearing when the Brady Bunch had a variety hour. They're all wearing these insane Elvis right. jumpsuits. <laughs> so Saturday Night Live comes on the air, and no one in the band was wearing a suit. Mm -hmm. They're wearing jeans and t-shirts. The host George Carlin mm -hmm. is wearing jeans and a t-shirt. And people at the time who were there, like Bernie Brillstein, who was representing Lorne, were they saw that at rehearsal, and then they said, "He's Bernie Brillstein." Said, "When are they? When's everyone putting on their tuxedo?" And Lorne said, <laughs> oh, "No, no, 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 no one's no one's putting on a tuxedo." <laughs> and that was a revolution. Absolutely, yeah. And it didn't look like anything else on television. Mm -hmm. And people can, you know, that was the most stunning thing was someone coming out and addressing. A television camera wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. And looking like they just got done digging a ditch for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. And with the long hair, you can't tell if it's a guy or a girl. <laughs> Get a job. Get a haircut, you bum. But uh that was the big shock. And I think I always understood um I liked wearing a suit. Mm -hmm. And I remembered some people suggesting to me, well, you're you're really young. This is this new, very different, weird show, and you're supposed to represent this new era. You know, you should just come out like in a like a leather jacket and a t-shirt, or whatever. And I remember thinking, no, we want to be anarchists in a way, mm -hmm. but, but the best way to be an anarchist is to look innocent. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and and also on a very practical level, when a tall, thin man acts like a fool uh, wearing um, jeans and a t-shirt. He just looks like someone who's acting like an idiot. Yeah. When you're wearing a suit and a tie and you're acting like an idiot, mm -hmm. it's 600 times funnier. Yeah, it's silly. And it's silly. Yeah. And it's a, and in, to me, it always just felt like, oh yeah, it's Dick Van Dyke. It's, yes. If I can move my body in an awkward way wearing a tight fitting suit, <laughs> right. it's a thousand times funnier. But what you were doing a bunch of years ago, I really do feel has come into vogue. What I think is great about where we are right now like fashion wise, mm -hmm. the, like the general fashion of the the country, if not the world, is that everybody can wear whatever makes them feel good. Right. And it's like, I I don't feel like everyone should be wearing suits all the time. I don't want everybody to just look like me. Like that's, that's weird. Right. right. I think it's great that you can have a different hairstyle than everybody else. You can have different clothes. You can have, you know, piercings, tattoos, whatever. It's like things come and go and we'll see how long this lasts or that lasts. But right now I really enjoy that there's just this mishmash of right. styles. It's, it's, that's the way it should be. I'm kind of intrigued with the idea of me suddenly <clears throat> dressing like Pete Davidson and wearing, <laughs> and wearing, and wearing Supreme, you know, like lots of that kind of stuff because- 
Clearly, he knows what he's doing and he can pull it off and it's it's working great for him. But I would love it if I did it and people would feel so bad for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But no, but and and people would ask me what I'm doing. I'm saying, hey, no, I'm not copying Pete Davidson. I'm just this is what this is what I like. And it would so completely be untrue. Right. And I would look like such a whore. Can you oh imagine me dressed that God, way? Did he, yes. get, did he get divorced and we didn't know? Yeah. <laughs> From reality? <laughs> that is weird. That's right. I leave my wife. I leave my wife of now 20 years and my two kids. That's right. And people were like, why, why did you do that? It seemed like you had a pretty good marriage. I just wanted to start to bring, I wanted to wear a Supreme. And I realized that the first step was I had to leave my wife and children. And then I just started on the tag. Yeah. And then I just start hitting clubs and stuff. Yeah. And people are like, what are you doing here? You have bottle service? Do you yeah. Have, you're at a table? Yeah. yeah. And okay. I, well, I don't even know what bottle service is. is it, does that mean you, wait a minute. So you're going to bring the Pepsi to me? No, I'm not bringing you Pepsi. Well, let me understand how this works. Um, oh, my, I'm being joined by my friend Paul F. Tompkins. He's coming on his horse. Did you order the Pepsi yet? <laughs> well, they said they had bottle service. Do you see that my cap is on sideways, sir? Do you see I'm wearing sunglasses where one of the lenses is missing on purpose? Look at this fabric on my arm. It looks like real tattoo. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. You know what I have, sir? I have big dick energy. You know? <laughs> now, where's my Pepsi? Hello? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> He's got PDE, Pepsi Drinkers Energy. <laughs> bottle oh bottle service, God. what a great scam. Yeah, God, it's, it's great. unbelievable. And people are like, yeah, I, I, I want to impress people by letting them know I have money enough to fall for this scam. <laughs> right. That's how rich I am. <laughs> I don't care. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, that should, they should make, they should make a, t a t-shirt that says scam me. Yeah. And, and the, impl <laughs> the implication is I have so much money, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Where in Nigeria do I send this check? Yeah. Please, <laughs> you fill in the amount. I don't have time. Uh, tell me about, you do this live show, mm -hmm. Variatopia. Yeah. Uh, with Paul F. Tompkins. Um, that's how you got the job, was that was the title. Just so people know. <laughs> listen, if you see Variatopia with somebody else, that's not the real one. <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing Variatopia with Tom F. Paulson. Oh, that fucking guy. It's fantastic. What? Yes. Whoa. He does the show the day after I do it. <laughs> He, he dresses, fixes all the mistakes. He dresses just like you. <laughs> That's right. I had this idea once that it'd be really funny if I, because um, I, I heard once that Gallagher paid a guy to go out, you know, he's so successful that he turned it into a franchise. Mm -hmm. So he pays someone else to sort his of- brother. Be, his yeah, brother. His brother to go too, out yeah. to, and be Gallagher too and do shows. And I always thought, I want to <laughs> hire a guy, you know- who looks kind of like me, but not, but make him wear a red pompadour wig. And his name's Cronin. <laughs> Cronin Orion. And he goes out and it's not good, but some people come and he's allowed to use, he's allowed to use some of my imagery and stuff. Cause I, I, I get, I get 40% of the gate mm. and he goes- That's not bad. That's generous, He, he tours yeah. the country yeah. and it's really shitty. <laughs> or conversely, people like it a lot better than anything I've yeah. ever done. Exactly. How many people at Gallagher 2 are there because of irony poisoning? 
You know what I mean? Is yeah. everybody there like, I just want to see Gallagher's old stuff. Oh, I don't want to see his new stuff. Smash fruit. <laughs> so tell me about uh, Variatopia. Where do you do it? Uh, I do it at a great venue called Lodge Room in Highland Park here in Los Angeles. Uh, this was a, this is an old uh, Masonic lodge that has been restored and refurbished and is now a, a club. It's now a, a music venue. And I fell in love with the place. I'd wanted to do, uh, you know, coming out of, uh, the, the the first quarantine, I was thinking, I miss doing live shows. I miss doing variety shows uh, where I can do stand-up and I can have, I can do sketches and have a musical guest and sing with them and everything. And so I got in touch with this place. And um, so now I'm doing this show at Lodge Room. I started back up in September and it's been, I, I it's all the things that I've always wanted to do mm-hmm. at the same time. It, it's It's my favorite thing to do. It's my favorite thing to do. And uh, you've got live music there too. Yeah, and and we had Amy Mann on, and uh, we've had um, a great rapper named Abstract Rude, who's legendary in the in the LA scene. I just did my uh, at the Bell House in Brooklyn. I just did it for the first time in New York with uh, Open Mike Eagle and St. Lennox, and it's like yeah, to to mix comedy and music together um, like we used to do back in the old Largo days has been uh, just a joy. Well, I'd love to come check it out. Please I'd do love to be in the audience and um, and then somehow insert myself in the show in a way that isn't. What? Organic and doesn't fit. This doesn't sound like you. <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I do want to come see it, and I please I will, anytime. I will not ruin the show. I promise you, I will not. <laughs> You'll ruin the only show. enhance it. I'll enhance it <laughs> <laughs> by randomly shouting out right. lame suggestions from the crowd <laughs> that were never funny. Right. Gynecologist. Right. We're not. We're not doing improv, sir. Um, but thank Gynecologist. You. <laughs> okay. All right. At least you didn't say dildo factory. That's usually what we get. I'm Conan. <laughs> oh no, sir. We. He got hit by a big rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to ask you your last question, which is, uh, and I think this is something you've touched on before, but you seem like a happy fellow. Have you always been a pretty happy fellow? As some people are fueled. I'm cu- I'm a little curious about what fuels you. I have I think I'm more or less a happy person. Mm-hmm. I've got anxiety. Mm-hmm. That helps fuel me before I do something. But then when I get out in front of people, that's always been my escape. For me, I was thrilled when I when I had the realization that I've been I've been doing this long enough and I know my craft well enough that before I go on stage, it doesn't I realize, oh, I'm not it's not so much nervousness anymore as it is excitement. Yeah. Like I can't wait to I just like at the day of a show. I, it's the worst because I just want it to be the show. I just, I'm just thinking about it all day long. Right. That's more the anxious part. And then right when it's showtime, being in the wings and waiting to go on, I fucking love it. It's such a good feeling. I don't know if I, I don't think I've always generally been happy. I think uh, because I suffer from a, uh, Coma City J, the clinical depression. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. And- <laughs> You're very new to this country from Italy. Yeah. And, um, and then I thought you were going to, you even have trouble saying a pizza pie, but then you nailed clinical depression. In my country, we say depressionate clinical. You make depression sound delicious. It's yeah, not, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, what else do you have? The clinical depression with clams. Oh, with clams. A terminal cancer. Oh, we have a diabetes for dessert. <laughs> this has been uh, not work. I don't know what to call this, <laughs> but this was not work. This was just 
hey, let's get one of the funniest people we know to come in and screw around with us and um, for a long time and uh, record it. And people were going to really enjoy listening to it because you're a delight. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Conan, uh, you've always been so kind to me and thank you for uh, for believing in me and thank you for having me here today. I really appreciate it. Well, that's sweet. I swear to God, I didn't believe in you. And I would often say <laughs> in your introduction, I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> that's why you didn't get a watch. <laughs> if you go back and look at all your late night appearances, it will, I, there's always that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, against my will, I am now introducing this gentleman who I think is a, he's going nowhere fast. Under duress, here's yeah. Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> With no joy in my heart, ladies and gentlemen, and great trepidation, Paul F. Tompkins. No, seriously, this was fantastic. Thank you, sir. Thank you. it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com slash Conan.
interesting experience recently that I'd like to share. Yep. Sona, you know this about me. I tend to lose my Kindles. All the time. I shed Kindles. I don't know what it is. It's something about the size of a Kindle. I don't usually, I don't think, lose things. But this, mm. I know, glasses. I lose glasses. Yeah. Sunglasses and glasses. But Phone. Yeah, didn't you drive off with your phone on the you roof or something? Lost your yeah, wallet. I lost my phone. Yeah, my wallet. Yeah, I lost a son. Sean, <laughs> uh, if you're out there, yeah, I do love you, um, and I wish I had made some attempt to find you. But anyway, okay, I do lose things, and but one of the things I lose regularly is a Kindle. I'll get a Kindle, and I love the Kindle because I travel a lot, mm-hmm. uh, especially uh, in non-COVID times. I travel all the time, and I love to read. I love not hauling around a lot of books. So I had a Kindle, lost it, had another Kindle, lost it, got another Kindle, lost it. Now, I know. So I go out and I buy my fourth Kindle uh, because I'm going to take my wife and children on a vacation. I buy the Kindle and, you know, you have to set it up. So I put in all my information and I set it up and it says, great, you know, welcome back. And I see that there's the home screen and then it says library. Yeah. which tells you about all the books that you bought. So I think, oh, I wonder if there's any books in there that I bought that I forgot to read. It's been a while since I had my Kindle, since I lost it. So I go into library and I see, oh, there's a book I bought on Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, there's a, another book I bought on Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, there's a book I bought on uh, World War II and another book I bought on World War II. Yeah. <laughs> and then I see this Tom Clancy spy novel. I'm like, huh, hmm. I never buy those. Then I see another one. Then I see all these different spy th- novels. Oh, I'm listening. Uh, who, who else was in there? James Patterson. James Patterson. Mm-hmm. Like people, I've, I never read this stuff and I'm seeing more and more of them, tons of them. Then I start to see all these books on how to drive, how to drive a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? And I'm like, like definitely didn't buy that. And then it's like how to drive a uh, stick shift, like a boss, yep. how to drive a truck, how to drive this, how to drive that. I'm like, I don't, I didn't buy any of these books. Then I start to see how to talk to ladies with confidence. <laughs> and then I start to see- Then you know you're back in your own book. Yeah, <laughs> then I knew. <laughs> oh, good. Now, <laughs> now that I bought. Then I start to see- There's a, I, I have yeah, some yeah, of the yeah, books read them, here. Read them, read them, read them. Okay, okay, so there's, one of the books is The Manual to Manhood, How to Cook the Perfect Steak, Change the Tire, Impress, and then it goes on. <laughs> and then there's another one, Forbidden and Explicit Erotica for Adults. Yes. Yeah. Then there's another one, which is The 7% Man, A Pickup Strategy, yes. which I think I've heard about, which is some strategy where- if you hit on a hundred women, seven will at least say yes, you know, or or at least they'll talk to you for more than a second. It's about quantity. It's about quantity of times that you, and I'm reading, and then it gets into mixed martial arts. Yep. And then there's stuff like using the power of the mind to unlock, and I, and, and I'm, I call you up and I go, what is this? And you said, was your Kindle locked? And I said, no, I didn't know you could lock a Kindle, which I didn't. I didn't know you could lock a Kindle that you could put a lock in. Uh I never got that far. I'm not a, you know. And she was like, yeah, a very horny 16-year-old boy (laughs) has your Kindle and is buying books like crazy. Uh And I was like, of course, because it's all spy thrillers. I need to learn how to drive. How do I pick up a (laughs) 35-year-old sexy girl? I want to do sex. I want to do sex. 
I need to use my mind power to control everyone around me. There's crypto stuff in there. Yeah, crypto stuff. And so anyway, I put a code on my Kindle. But the problem now, and we got rid of all those books. Yeah. The problem, though, is that Amazon keeps suggesting books to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep opening up my Kindle, and it will say, have you thought about, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Have you thought about how to how to get a 44-year-old MILF <laughs> in the sack? Seven techniques that work half the time, every time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so easy to clean your library. Because oh. I was like, oh, is this about a war or a president? And that's Conan's. Anything else was like sex, MMA, driving. <laughs> but it, the thing is, is that for the rest of my life, Kindle's going to be saying, oh, who is this? Oh, Conan. Hey, Conan. <laughs> And we know what you'd like. 15 ways to talk your way into a ladies' room. <laughs> this similar thing happened to me because Amanda and I share a Kindle account. And so it takes our interests and blends them together. So oh, that's I great. read yeah. kind of pulpy spy novels like this kid. And she reads a lot of like maternity books. And so we get these like female romance novels like Bad Jonah and President Sex. And oh, guess like what? I would love it if they blended mine because if they yeah. blended the kids and mine, it would be like how to talk sexy to Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> Lincoln in the sack <laughs> and then knock him out with a special Taekwondo kick. <laughs> please do that. Please, oh please blend my accounts. <laughs> Kindle. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That was fun. Anyway, um, I, you know, I did cancel that one account. So I'm sorry, kid. Yeah. You're out yeah. there and you're listening to this. I'm, but you, you did get like 60 books. I did treat you to 60 books. So Yeah. Um, My hope is that little whoever Kevin shows up your door with a 35-year-old woman, he needs to drive in a Ferrari again. <laughs> thanks, Cones. Cones, thanks to you. I I met Erica here. <laughs> I've got a Maserati. And now if you'll excuse me, and then he sweeps his leg around and knocks me unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. All right, onward and upward. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Hold up. 
Hot off the press from Maybelline New York, it's new Lifter Plump, an intense plumping lip gloss formulated with chili pepper to deliver a heated sensation for an instant plumping effect that lasts. From eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Cocoa Zing, and more. An extra-large wand applicator transforms lips in one swipe. Learn more at Maybelline.com. For a limited time, get 10% off your Lifter Plump purchase on Amazon with code 10PLUMP. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.